Good morning, everybody. Today, I haven't seen this in a while, a dedication. Uh, today's learning is Le'ilui Nishmat, Tzvi Alter Ben Reb Avram, V'rayato Nocha El Abbas Reb Yitzchak Meir, Hashem Yikon Damam. Be'iladem Yud official Ben Reb Tzvi Alter V'shifra Le'a Ba'a Reb Tzvi Alter Hashem Yikon Damam by the Orenstein family, Elazar and Efrat and Ramot. Te'en Nishmasam Tzura B'Tzurachayim. Okay, so... First of all, again, Yesha Koch to everyone for coming. Did the pages make it around? It did? Okay, very good. So today what we're going to be continuing, we're gonna, I'm probably going to be finishing, are these very, very, I don't know how to describe other than like loving, consoling, emuna, bitachon, filling words from the Netivot Shalom uh, that have been helping us really hold on tight to the bitachon, the Bezrat Hashem, here in Eretz Yisrael, like he said, nothing has ever been normal in the past. So hashgacha-wise, also, things don't work in a normal manner either, and therefore, it's going to be fine here. It's going to be okay. Mamash. I will share with you the following, though, is that the more that I'm learning words from the Netivot Shalom about the hashgacha and Eretz Yisrael, it makes me more and more concerned about what's happening in Chutz Laretz. And many of us have families there. And I, I just want to encourage everyone. Um, I want to encourage everyone in, in, in a way that is divinely ordained for each and every one of you individually to speak about to speak about coming back to Eretz Yisrael more than you ever did and you know what it's not only because of how how you know right now thank you so much <clears throat> it's not thank you it's not just only about um, because it's so crazy right now right that's not that's not what it is it's also Parshas Lech Lecha <laughs> so it's like if there was ever a time to have like a real heart-to-heart conversation with someone, you could say, look, I could go from the front of like, you know, it looks pretty insane out there. <laughs> and it is. I'm born in Englewood and I lived in Teaneck as a kid and then I lived in Los Angeles. In all three places, I saw things my eyes would never, ever think they, could, they would see in their lifetime happening in these places. So I think that right now is the time for each of us to dive in strong to Hashem, to give us the right words to give us the right words to be able to share with our families and friends in Chutz Laretz, that right now, it's not just about um, the, the right thing. It's, it's what's needed to be done now. It's time, it's time to come home. It's time for everyone to come home. So, and, and I'm just saying this because as we're going to see today, you're going to think that the Nativo Chalam was working as, a, as like a spokesman for Bnei Akiva based on today's words, which he wasn't, uh, I assure you. <laughs> but, it, but it's so, it's, it's crazy. Like what he says today is just so like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I, I want to call Bnei Akiva and say to them, listen, you know, the, in the Haredi world, there's a lot of stuff you really need to use for your own word. You ran out of words, like... You ran out of words a long time ago. Like I was, we were, my wife and I were at a Mizrahi conference, Shabbos, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was in Tel Aviv, it was like six or five or six years ago, and they were, the whole topic of the conference was, what do we, what do, we do now that uh, we succeeded very much? And the people we were, we were talking to, most of them did come home, like 30, 40 years ago. Like, what's now the Dibur? Okay, apparently there, there still are Jews in America. There's still a lot, you know, there, there is still a lot to do, I think, as far as I know. And I hope and pray that we become shluchim ne'emanim of Eretz HaKodesh in the way and the manner that we speak about Eretz Yisrael right now, right now more than ever. So again, the last thing that we learned <clears throat> in the last shiur was speaking about 
<coughs> was speaking about the word dorat, darosh, dorash shows up twice in the Torah. Remember we were learning that the word darosh, dorash shows up twice. And whenever a word shows up only two times in the Torah, we learn out from each other what that meant. One of that had to do with the se'ir achatat, that had to be fully burnt, behines soraf, and the other time that had to be fully burnt, and the other time that it speaks about the word dorosh, dorash is is of the land of Eretz Yisrael, Asher Doresh Otatamid, that Hashem is always Doresh Eretz Yisrael. And the Slonimer quoted his great-grandfather explaining that the concept of, of, of it seems that this country is always on fire is because of the Drisha of the Tupsukim. It makes a lot of sense. This country is always on fire. This country is always burning up, whether we feel it or not, but so... What's our relationship to that? How do you function in that kind of a status? How do you function like that? The only way to function here is through emuna. But what type of emuna? And he's been showing us over and over again about the way things work in Eretz Yisrael, which is different than the way things work in Chutz Laaretz, and that it's always been like this. So if you look at the bottom of the first page that you have in front of you, the bottom of page 15, we're picking up from there. אמנם כן, כשמתבוננים ומסתכלים על המוראות בארץ ישראל בעיניים פקוחות, when you open up your eyes for real and look about what has been unfolding in Eretz Yisrael, remember these words were said in 1984, but you may as well be saying it right now. When you open up your eyes and you look at what's happening in Eretz Yisrael with open eyes, אין צורך להסתפק באמונה גרידה. You don't just need like, you don't just need like אמונה גרידה, like being like, okay, I'm... I believe that despite what I'm seeing, everything's okay. Why? Because we see with our own eyes how everything is supernatural. Like swamps becoming what they are today. Like everything is supernatural in this country. The nature and the beyond nature, everything is supernatural. ומתוך הסתכלות זו גוף המתחזק ומתגבר בתוכנו כוח האמונה והביטחון והבטחת ארץ אשר השם אלוקיך דורש אותה. And when I look at that, I realize the way that my אמונה interplays here is also supernatural. Now, is אמונה always supernatural? I don't know. אמונה, quite often, like, think about how you've had to use אמונה in your life until Simchas Torah and how the role of אמונה since Simchas Torah. Think about it for a second. What was the אמונה? Like, what was the emuna? What was the usage of emuna? How was the emuna implemented? What was the emuna? What was the function of faith? Okay, are we okay with less money? Right? Or, gamzu letova, you would say about something. Emuna, right? The, the world of emuna, the concept of emuna has become something beyond this world for us. Since Simchas Torah, it's a different function of emuna. That was the message then of the spies. ראי? And then what ended up happening? What day was that? Tishabav. Dai im nikach le dugma et chamishim shanim achronot. 
He says, let's look at the last 50 years. Now, what, so what's the last 50 years? From 1934 till 1984. That's what he's saying. Let's look at the last 50 years. The Slam Rebbe says, I could give testimony as someone that was here in the Holy Land. Shekol Kulan, the 50 years from 1934 to 1984, it's been a chain of unprecedented supernatural instances and unexpected developments. That's what it's been. That, that's what he says what it was for so many years. When we came here, no one understood how it's possible to actually live here. It was days of where a lot of Jewish blood was spilled. Many Jews were killed. Many Jews were killed with the praot, with the... They're just like the random pogroms that Arabs would just decide to get angry and start killing Jews. And you know what else was going on back then? Before the state was, you know, around? You, you weren't allowed to carry weapons. You couldn't protect yourself. Jewish blood was hefker. And then... Look what developed in the world, 1939. The atrocities of, of, of Europe. Then the Brits made it very difficult for us. And then for 35 years, there have been, he says, five different wars that we went through so much. On a natural level, one war should be enough to completely crumble down a, whole, a, a tiny little country like ours. And we had five wars on such a small, sensitive piece of land. This land, this land is sponge, safug. Um, saturated with Jewish blood. And nonetheless, and despite everything, despite all the, despite all the expectation from us of what would probably be, right, the forecasts, you will live through this blood that has been spilled. And our holy land continues to be built with prosperity, growing and developing more and more from year to year. Don't try to rationally explain this, logically explain this to anyone. Okay, up until now, Bnei Akiva. And see, like, no? Like, mamash. Like, it's, like, amazing. This is amazing. Nefesh Benefesh should, you know, they, they need more material. They're doing such... Avodah Zakodesh, take it out. You should call Rabbi Fass and tell him, listen, there's, like, you know, chunks here from, uh, you know, a Haredi, a Hasidish Rebbe. 
because these words are just so showing us like listen it's it's supernatural just look at it it'll it'll always that's the way it works here that's the way it works here now he also now uh, I, and I want us to do this the next paragraph because now he speaks about Yadut HaKharidit look when he says baze, anu and if you just want to see how beautiful we are just look at what's going on in the Haredi community right now have you seen what's going on with the Haredi our brothers and sisters and Varim Kailo and Varim Kailo up until Tuesday 2000 Haredi men have joined the Israeli army and those that aren't are, are tying green tzitz, you know, they're tying the tzitziot. And, and the women now are also asking to be on parts of Kitota Konanut, even here in Beitar. Everyone's in. Everyone's in. So we see also with the, with the situation of the Yadut HaKharadit Beret Yisrael. Rak lifnei dor echad, choshishim ha'inu pen tishtakach chach v'shalom Torah Yisrael. Listen, there was a real fear that Torah would be forgotten from Am Yisrael after the, after the Germans, right? It was a, they, they, they took from us, not just they burnt books, they burnt walking chasses. They burnt walking Talmudic encyclopedias. The spiritual state was in the lowest. And many from the next generation said, Listen, if Zot Torah v'Zot Schara, I'm out of here, and no, no one can blame him. Ve'at she'echad me'yazdei ha'medina hitravev v'bitachon gamur ki she'elat ha'charedim tipateh b'meshech dor echad. B'dor haba'a kvar lo yisharu ha'charedim. And even, in, and it's, it's true, and this is something we're speaking a lot about after the davening every single day, within the tikkun ha'medina, it's all of Ginsburg's Torah as well, like within the way the medina, that could be such a plea for Kedusha, we need such a deep reform because within the establishment of the state of Israel, I don't want to say names right now, but one of the top leaders of the founding of this country, the way it is today, said, listen, don't worry about the Haredi problem now because next door there won't be Haredi anymore. Because he was under the impression that it, it'll, it'll be like a law, they'll be in a museum, there'll be exhibits in a museum of what? Huh? Yeah, they'll all become enlightened. And, those, and a kilo, like it won't be, not chas v'shom, they're, they're going to, Kill them, God for no. They'll like they'll kiilu like they'll see the light and then they'll realize. Zaya zechelik me'aval. Achine baruch baruch Hashem nitkayem banu v'chasher yanu oto kenyer bevechen yifrotz. But the hefech agamur has happened. Tzamach v'gadal lanu dor hilulim lenoi v'tiferet. We have a generation of thousands and thousands and thousands of of. People that bless you that are learning Torah Yomam Valayla. What a beautiful thing. What a protective thing. The Jewish and kosher homes they've established. Just look at how many yeshivas there are today throughout the land. How much Talmud Torah takes place every single moment in Eretz Yisrael. He's saying, we see that there are some people that, the ones that founded the, 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 the state, the exact opposite of what they thought and were hoping for to take place is taking place. 
ושוב מתברר לנו כי ארץ ישראל היא ארץ אשר הנה השם בא והכל פעם פה מתנהל שלא כדרך הטבע. He's saying that function, the fact that there is so much learning in ארץ ישראל, you have to understand that's כנגד הטבע as well. That's absolutely beyond nature. That's supernatural. And, you know, I don't want anyone here to have any negative thought about any Jew. It's easier for us to always melamed schut on the Yidin that we say there, Tina Kocha Nishma. We should really look at our brothers and sisters in the Haredi communities that have established Heichalek Dusha Letiferet. There's always going to be individuals that always do a bad name amongst us as well. They're Yechidim. But as a klal, Ashreinu Matov Chelkeinu. But what his point here is, to, what he's trying to say to us is that that's supernatural. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up either. It's a me'ala teva. That's beyond nature. Can you clarify what you mean by the opposite of that? When you said the, the founders of our country had the opposite idea of how it would evolve? Yeah, many of the founders of the country, like I said, were sure, and they were hoping that this thing called the Haredi Jew, or the, the one that lives his life only, you know, through Torah and learning Torah, the Chulei, would be an exhibit in a museum of something that's shayach to the past. Rav Kook wasn't startled by that. I mean, he wasn't around in the founding of the state, but, you know, because he died 13 years before, but he knew that that's just the outside talking. He knew the inside talk. The inside neshama could never really mean the words that may come out like that. And that, that explains a lot about how Rav Kook emerged as Rav Kook, and there's a lot of different pieces, specifically one of the Ma'amarim of Rav Kook, which is called Ma'amar Hador. We, I think we learned this a long time ago in Miriam's house. So it would be great to go back to that Ma'amar. I think we did, right? Was it it? Yeah. Ma'amar Hador. Wow. What an amazing Ma'amar. Okay, so, but I still, so Beseder. So up until now, what have we learned? Everything here is, is Hanaga Al-Tivit. It's all supernatural. The Seder. But now we have to go further. Now we have to understand deep in our hearts right now, for those of us that are living here, we have to understand the deep concept of Hanaga, the way things work with God's Hanaga in Eretz Yisrael. And he's going to explain, he's like, I know everything, basically what he's saying is, I know what everything I could tell you, that everything here works supernaturally. How does that calm down the worried mother? Great, it's all supernatural, and it's part of it is like, part of the deal is the suffering. But how, how does it worry, how does it calm down the worried mother, the worried father, the worried child, like Lemaisa? Like, you know, how does it work? I'm just going to freak them out for a second and, and ask them to... I don't want it to... No, no, no. It's, people are people are dealing with. It's, it's exactly this. Like, how do how do we calm down the place? You know that that nikuda of mamash with all the emuna that things here work supernaturally. Because lemaisa, that's that that's where you and I are at. That us that are here, we need to internalize this concept of hanaga al tivit. So look at the bottom of the gemul. ויש להבין מעט ביתר עמקות את פשר ההנהגה האלוקית המיוחדת לארץ ישראל. המצב התמידי ששורר בה בבחינת והנה שורף. Let's understand something. Why is it 
And, and how do we relate to a state of mind of vihines saraf? That it's always burning. That it's always on fire. Like, was it ever not on fire here? Only, only on our illusion was it not on fire here. It was always on fire. It always was. Until Mashiach comes, it's always going to be. Nachon? I guess if you trace back, I think we spoke about this the other day, if you go back as, as far as possible, right? When was the last time in Eretz Yisrael it wasn't on a level of Ve'ines Soraf? Shlomo HaMelech. No? Is there ever, is, was there ever another time that this Ve'ines Soraf wasn't the state of being here? So he's saying, let's call it for what it is. So how do we deal with that? How do we, how do we, how does our emuna really be shalev, be calm with that? How is that possible? All the pain that dwelling in Eretz Yisrael brings with it. So this is, wow, this is like one of my favorite pieces I ever learned, and, and you'll see why. It basically explains, like, it explains to me everything that I struggle with and everything that I daven or everything. You know what that means? Eretz Yisrael is like the platrin. What's a platrin? The palace of the king. If you're dwelling in the palace of the king, you have a lot of chovot. You have a lot of... You owe a lot. You owe a lot. Al kol dibur shata motzi me'apev, al kol peula she'incha oseh ba'platrin, atidin litenet adin. If the king sees you acting in a non-menschlichkeit way in the palace of the king, oy va'avoy. Now you understand more the Satmar Rebbe and all the tzaddikim, the munkacher, all those that were frightened from Zionism for the holiest reasons? Because they know, they understand the Kedusha of the Platerin Shal Melech. And they understand what happens when there's Chovot Mitztabrim in the Platerin Shal Melech. It's not just you come here and you do what you want because, because you finally have a place to just not be killed. That's also not true. We're in the palace of the king. And there are those, he calls them B'nai Bina, meaning like, when, when do we say that? B'nai Bina, besides the children in my home, <laughs> right? B'nai Bina, who, who are we referring to? The Maccabim. What did the Maccabim have? They said it's worth the fight if it means that we still have a relationship with God and we still have a Beis HaMikdash. Even if, even if the mamlacha, even if everything else is crumbled, you know, what was going on in society here in the Jewish, you know, the Jewish status here was already Mokom and Bulgan, they said, but I'll do anything. It's, it's B'nai Binar, people that are saying, it's all worth it. Every ounce of pain is worth it as long as I have the schut to live in the palace of the king. This is very hard for us to understand. But he says, the yin, the us that are living here, the prices we've paid in order to dwell here, to live here, he says this is all some kind of a refinement 
in order to justify the experience of living in the palace of the king. And here we go back to Bnei Akiva 101. In the heart of that Nayid, you can never, with all the comfort in the world, you could never really be comfortable because at the end of the day, you're not living in the palace of the king. Lumato, Yehudi Hadar Be'eretz Yisrael, Af Shetamid Pukdim Otanu Kol Minei Me'orot Umashbirim, a Jew living here despite all the atrocities and pain and crisis that are coming on us. Oshanu Omdim Erev Milchama, we're either in a state of Erev Milchama, Oshanachnu Mimachrat HaMilchama. He's saying this in 1984, right? or in the status of a Benazmanim, right? Benazmanim of war. And Parnasa, we know. <clears throat> Even though we know that Hashem can make anyone a millionaire, we also know that there are plenty of people that suffer from Parnasa problems. The Slan Rebbe says, would you ever give this up? Would you ever give up? Of course we'd give up the pain in us in, 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 instantly. But I think what he's saying here is something so profoundly deep. He's saying, would you ever give up living your meaningful life the way that you live a meaningful life here in Eretz Yisrael. When you understand the consciousness is, is that you're in the Platerin Shal Melech, that you're in the Heichal Melech. Would you ever, well, would you ever, how could you find a different, a, a more meaningful world to live in than living with the consciousness of what it takes to live in the Platerin Shal Melech, in the palace of the king? So, there's a, you know, there's a lot we could say on this statement because it's such a loaded paragraph. But it's for you and I to understand something. You know, we always, we're getting the calls all day long from our friends and family, how are you guys holding up? And you want to break the, the whenever you get that message, it, 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 it strikes a chord. And you can't, you can't even explain what that, what that, what, what is that exactly? Like what is, and, and we also know it's only out of love and concern. It's not chas v'shalom anything else. It's real love and concern, but what is it? It's because we want everyone to live in the Platerin Shel Melech. Because we know that we're not really, really fully living here until the whole Mishpacha is back home in the Platerin Shel Melech. That's where it's coming from. The problem is we have to be always be, you know, we're always so careful, we're mince words, and we don't want to say it, you know. Like, I, I'm thinking every single day I'm davening, and, and at a certain, davening to Hashem, Hashem, give me, that right, give me the right response to the, because I'm, you know, like all of us, I get that like 25 times a day. Like, I want, the, I want the right response. So, you know, one day I tried, I just wrote and I had a generic message, Ki that was my answer to every single, uh, you know. <clears throat> so some people said, I th- I'm sorry, I think you meant this is, uh, by accident, this message was for someone else. Like, thank you <laughs> What's that? I, I know. 
No, no, I know. I hope that I see. I think they do want to be here. I, I believe that they do want to be here. You know, yeah, and, and we have to tug on that on that nikuda. Like they do, they do. They, they, how could you not? Like if you learn a piece like this, I'm saying, like, listen, what's life? What's life worth living for? Like lemaisa, what is life worth living for? What is it worth living for? Like you know, you all know we went away this past summer, right? Um, the whole family for a month out in the place that is so therapeutic up in northern Ontario. It's just, I just look at a picture. I, I feel like I went to a psychiatrist for an hour. It's like, oh, <laughs> Mamash, it's so, it, it is so therapeutic. Never in my wildest dreams could I imagine choosing to dwell there, nor could the Bali Abite either, just, just to, to put it out there. like They're, they're on their way here too. I... I, I in terms of like, what is life worth living? Like a, a Jew and Malasot, our life is only worth living in the context of my of 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 my emuna. That's the that's the context of what's worth living. That's the whole thing. Now, there's another tzad that he doesn't bring up here, but that's the tzad that you know we know, and we have reshut from this from Moshe Rabbeinu, to like as we're saying, Hashem, listen, we're in the platinum shemelech. We're here, and we're not giving. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> but Hashem, Lama Yomru Bagoyim Ayelohem, And the same token, and the same breath that I'm saying, I'm here. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm now 43. I've been going to Levias that I can remember since I'm since I'm 13. Shiva house after Shiva house, like I Nachon. It's all worth, but you could do anything, Hashem. You could do anything. And I have to, that has to be part of my tefillah while I understand, like, while I'm understanding the, the hashgacha of Eretz Yisrael. The hashgacha of Eretz Yisrael isn't based on like this saying, listen, it always was like this and it'll always be like this. The good is supernatural, the bad is supernatural, keep on flowing. That means that, and I'm just a robot. That can't me, that can't be what Hashem wants of me. That can't be my job in this world. My job in this world is to bring about a cold tzaka. Noach, that was his job in the world. Noach sees how God acts. He's about to do something completely supernatural. And his response is nothing. Avram Avinu is the exact opposite. And next week when we learn about the Pasha of Zdom, we see exactly how Avram Avinu responds to what's going to be a supernatural level of Choshech coming into the world of light because there was the destruction of evil and he's trying to, you know, interact with that. Like living, living this life of, of fully fueled with my emuna and the Ashgach of Eretz Yisrael isn't just a level of, of you know, there's a statement. I didn't understand this till like in sixth grade we had, we had uh, here in Israel, we had yearbooks in sixth grade here. In America it's eighth grade, right? Yearbooks. Remember yearbooks? They still have yearbooks? Yeah. 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 Well, your husband told me, yeah. My husband has his. Yeah. So yearbook. So we had this little yearbook, and I remember one of the kids in my class, I, I, I didn't, apparently I didn't realize how much we weren't close, because their comment about our relationship was, Avarnu et paro, na avor gamet which, which is a statement saying 
listen, we've been through Paro, we'll get through anything, right? Meaning like being with you, like was being with Paro, we, and we made it through, and we're continuing now in life, like a words of chizuk, right? That's not, I don't, I'm not taking that from the Stone Rebbe. I'm not taking, I, personally, I'm not taking from him this notion of like, listen, the supernatural status of how it's been here, this is what it was, and this is how it's going to be. We not just have reshut, we have an obligation to protest Hashem, especially after the six million, especially after Simchas Torah. Yes, I can understand. I'm in this Hashem. I'm in. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Anywhere. None of us are going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. You know this already, Hashem Yisbarach. You know. Maybe there's ten Yidin that could say we're not going anywhere, but do it for your namesake. And Hashem Yisbarach, there aren't ten Yidin that are saying this. There are hundreds of thousands of Jews that are saying this, that are trying so hard to grab onto the, to understand the primius of what it means to live in Platri and Shalmelech in the palace of the king. How many, you know, last, this last, late last night, I went out to my porch and I looked out towards, you know, Beit Lechem, Mama Rachel, Yerushalayim, and I thought to myself, right now I know that the Amshin of Rebbe is alive and he lives in Yerushalayim. And that Rebbe Yaakov Meir Shechter is alive and he lives in Yerushalayim. And there's so many righteous tzedekuses that are, right now, after putting 80 kids to sleep, are now getting to their tehillim. Asselemanam. Like, there, there's so many moments that we could say this now. Right? With bitachon, in the way that hashgacha works here, is different than where it works anywhere else in the world. Zatomeret, and this is maybe a deeper approach to the beginning of the shir, when you speak about Eretz Yisrael, like when you speak about Eretz Yisrael to those that it's time to come home, what's the tone? It's the right thing? Jewish pride? That was good from 1945 to like 1994, maybe, I don't know, early 90s. The, the, the notion of Aliyah, of coming back to Eretz Yisrael nowadays, is, a, is the next shlav. It's the next shlav of how we speak about Eretz Yisrael, the pnimius of Eretz Yisrael. Why do we have a whole machon based on the pnimius of Torah's Eretz Yisrael? Because if we're going to be speaking about Eretz Yisrael, it's got to be with the times that we're living in. Chayav liot, it has to be with the times. Like these last few words he says here, lo namir gambad kol tuv Eretz we'll never, ever, ever exchange the experience of fighting for the schut to live in the palace of the king for any good that exists in the whole world. And there's a lot of good in the whole world. Many of us were very comfortable out there in the world. We would never exchange it for anything in the world. It's, it's impossible to explain it to someone, let's say someone that wants, that's looking to get married and, and he has a friend that's already married. But the person that's single is hard for him to give up on some of the perks of being single, right? And then the person that's married is trying to explain to him what it's like to not even care about those perks anymore because of the status that they're in, that they're being married, right? How do you explain that to someone unless they get married? How do you explain that? How do you give that over? I look at the same... I always feel like Eretz Yisrael, it's the same exact... How do you explain that vitality? How do you give that over? We have to daven to Hashem 
and, and clean out any any mechitzas between us and other yidin in order to be able to, to, to be the type of shluchim that today's door needs, that today's generation needs to be fully in on this on this Indian. And that's how the Slanim Rebbe has been explaining to us this like constant, constant tiskoret of and he gives a lot of different examples here in the rest of this of this of this letter about understanding how things work here. But I wanna go if you if you go back sorry. Stay on that page. Uh, go to page seventeen. We're on seventeen, go to the yeah. bottom. Besides the, the refinement of that, 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 is, that happens from all the pain that we go through, we're in constant reminder that things don't work here like they work in other places, is that Hashem's hand is always here. Tzadikim Amru. This is a, this is a, a, a beautiful Torah. Remember the, the snake? The snake gets punished, right? What's the punishment of the snake? He eats the dust. <clears throat> and everyone has a hard time understanding. How is, that, how is that a punishment? They always have what they need. It's a famous story, like a famous question. How is that, a, how is that an onish? So, there's one way of understanding it. And it says like this, it says that you know, when you have, when you always have what you need, what you, you have nothing. Or like, when you always have what you, what you think you need is essential for you, then everything is nothing, because there's no meaning anymore. Right? So it's always there, there's nothing. Like, look at, look at the world, people that have everything to, to them means nothing. That's kind of like, on, on one level, of like the nachash, the, the curse is, is that what you need is always right in front of you, and then you miss the whole point of life of striving, of trying, of looking for something. And what happens to a person that's in the search mode, as opposed to a person that's always in a state of finding. That's, that's one way of understanding it. But he says here something amazing. On the top, top of 18. This seems like this is not a punishment. This is a reward to the snake. The snake always has what it wants what it needs. Is there a shortage of dust in the world? But actually, this is actually the punishment. You know what God doesn't want to ever hear? He doesn't want to hear a krechts of a snake. I don't want to hear from you, Bichlal. So you always have what you need, because I don't. The, the, the onish is I don't want to hear. I don't want to. I don't want to hear you. mezonot b'shefa. Take whatever you need. Bilvad shelo tashmiya kol anacha utchina lakadosh baruch hu. As long take whatever you need. It's always right there. Don't ever let out this this cry to me, because when someone cries to me, it's the most precious sound in the world. And a snake, the, the introduction of, of everything deceitful in this world, your, your, your punishment is that you don't have a voice. You don't have an anacha. I, I'm going to give you everything you ever need so that your experience in this world is void of me, kiviyacho, or void of the need to be in a relationship, so to speak. 
And this is what we're talking about when it comes to Eretz Yisrael. Of course, God runs the whole world. But in it's so different. God himself, in a galui way, is running the show. Which explains why it's so supernatural. The way God orchestrated the relationship and the Ashgach of Eretz Yisrael is the exact opposite of the Nachash. We are in a constant status of of waiting for you, of needing you. And anytime we try to work here in Eretz Yisrael without this constant Anacha, we get whacked again and again and again and again. Every eye is looking to you constantly. Us here in Eretz Yisrael and the experience of going through life here is the tikkun of the nachash. That's how he explained it. There are places in the world that maybe you think, I don't really need godly, heavenly, divine support and help right now. I could do it on my own. And the whole, his whole tefillah is, Hashem, just don't, don't, uh, um, admonish me, thank you, with your apcha, with your anger, that's my whole relationship. Don't, don't patch me with some kind of unexpected patch. Here, the way we live is a constant tefillah of Don't hide your face from me. With the feeling that we are completely dependent on Hashem's chesed all we're asking here is Hashem Yisbarach, never ever hide your face. We're not just saying, don't, don't, don't hurt me. Don't, don't, don't give me a patch. We're saying, don't hide your face from me. David HaMelech says, and as far as I know, he was Israeli. He started a panecha ayiti nival. The second that there's a hester panim, from this hashgacha, I, I, I freak out. I need to be in constant dialogue with you, Hashem, every second. Let me ask you, logically speaking right now, does it make human sense that any of us feel the need to be closer to Hashem after what happened on Simchas The logical, rational mind would lead us to run as far away from a relationship with a koach that could allow such a thing to happen, nachon? Can you explain it to yourself? You can't. And no Jew has ever been able to explain this to ourselves. Rationally. We're operating from a completely different place. That, that a second of, 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 of Hester Panim f- freaks the daylights out of me. <clears throat> So 
This is the way it is also in reality. To connect to the beginning of this letter. He says, this is the way it is really in, in reality as well, that the Bala Bira, the one that's running the show, is constantly, he knows, he hears the question that our Neshama is asking all day long, that at times you and I get exposed to. Right? We have a question that all of us are asking all day long. It's the question from the Midrash on this Parsha, that Avram Avinu was looking at the world, he sees a palace, he sees it's on fire, and he's asking who's running the show. We see the palace, the platerim, Eretz Yisrael is on fire. And we're asking, it's just now we can hear a little bit louder, <clears throat> but really we're always asking who's running the show, and Hashem is always answering, Ani Baal Abira HaMashgiach Kan Tamid Be'em Pekucha. Be'em Pekucha, this is constantly under control. I know it looks like it's not, but it's constantly under control. Everything that you see and everything that you don't see. Everything you see and everything that you don't see. You know, what? I feel like the, the greatest compliment you can give to anyone that like is doing something in this world is when you thank them so much for the stuff that you know they're doing and for all the stuff you don't know that they're doing. Because that shows a sign of like true appreciation to all the stuff you have no idea that a person is doing as well. So when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Al-Achas Kama right? All the more so. So now he's ending off, and he's setting us off with the strength that we need to continue the experience of being a Jew that lives in Eretz Yisrael. And he wrote this 40 years ago, and he may as well be saying this tomorrow. Based on what has been explained. אין שום סיבה ליושבי ארץ הקודש להיות מודאגים מהמצב הנוכחי. Don't, there's no reason, and the Vavitch Rebbe would say this to everyone that used to come to him during Zmane Milchama, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, different pieces that Chabad has put out of, you know, worried parents and worried grandparents, and the Rebbe is always speaking about this, about being here, it's going to be fine. Because the Pasuk tells us we're operating here from a different Otota Shamay, we were operating here from a completely different place. What Eretz Yisrael is all about. The only answer we have is the answer that Hashem's eyes are in Eretz Yisrael from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, meaning that it's always there. Now, I just have to say this because this is my achrayut that I feel more than ever. On the lines of giving a lot of chizu constantly, but trying my best, I also believe very much right now in being very clear and understanding what the avoda of the tikkun of the Medina is as well. There are people that have been, some of them are not in the world anymore, that were very big presences here in terms of the character of the state of Israel. And many of them have done some very, very serious damage to, to not to Nishma Sam Yisrael, because no one can touch that. But there was an attempt here to make the word, their words the Singapore of the Middle East. That kind of talking is counter to the whole notion of why we're here. We're not here to make it the Singapore of the Middle East. 
We're here to make it a Beit Tefillah lekol ha'amim. That's what we're back here to do. A house of prayer for all nations. That's in the, that's the real purpose of why we came back and started building everything. So as much as we're like beseder the chizuk, it's going to be good and everything, but we have you know you think you're tired now. <laughs> you think you're tired now. You think you're exhausted now. We have this this amazing exp- moment in our lives right now where we're seeing so clearly that the avodah of the tikkun within the Medina has never been more crucial, never been more essential. And we're in such a beautiful time right now because there's no one in the country that believes that the current Hanagah should last another moment. So it's like there really is no left or right anymore. Like, it's like everyone's waiting for a Ruach Hadasha. And... and <coughs> I want all of Am Yisrael to be part of that Ruach Hadasha. I want, I want Beverly Hills, Cedarhurst, Springfield, everything. They're already part of the Ruach Hadasha. Muncie isn't. That's my point. They already are. Anum, fourth line, Anum Aminim Bemunash Shlema Sharatzon Ha'Elyon we believe with perfect faith that for some reason the Ratzon Elyon is that this is how we go through our lives living in Eretz Yisrael like this. This is the way it works, is that Hashem created the situation of us living in Eretz Yisrael is that we are in constant dependency on his rachmim. You could look at that as such a rachmanus, or you could look at that as the greatest and most revealed chesed from Hashem. Do you hear that, what I just said? It's a, very, it's a very heavy statement. But either you experience this constant dependency on Hashem's chesed as a torturous way of living, or you realize that that's the greatest revelation ever of living a godly life in Eretz HaKodesh. And that's why you have some big tzaddikim that are running to every army base and, and with, all the, with all the koach, they're giving them to be warriors and fighters and you know, everyone's saying, Lemana am sheli, lemana medina sheli. You know, there's, a lot of, there's, there's this other word that has to be you know, put into the lexicon. Leman shmo be'ahavah. Once that's in, game over. Once that becomes the, the, the reason why we go out and fight over what we fight for, it's over. Gamalno. And that's our job. That's the, that's the hashlama that's left for us to put into the fabric of, of, of Israeli society. By the way, the chayalim are, they're there. And they're, you just say those words, you don't understand. They're, they're, they're all, they're there. They're there. They're, they're there. They're open. Like last night I checked in on one of them that, I, that I've been having this, a lot of conversations with, thinking like, hey, maybe you need some chizuk and everything. He says to me, Achi, ani na'ul. <laughs> that means, like, um, locked. It's, I'm locked in. Like, zeo, anachnu na'ulim. It's, it's we got it like 
And when we all know when there's emuna, there's no room for worry. No, we don't need to worry finances. Because this is a land that Hashem is always demanding out, calling out. Even when it seems to you that it's in a state of everything's on fire. And there's no, no, no way, there's no reason to get caught up in despair. Also spiritually, do not despair. It's very easy to despair when you look spiritually at what's going on. Or like the influences of foreign, of other spiritual circles and getting all mixed up. There's that any type of tinofet, any type of, uh, I need help, slime, that, what's that, like, disgust? Filth. Filth, yeah. The, any type of filth that exists in the world can't come and filth you up. And from all the negative appearances that exist in the world, they can't take away from a second from the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael and its school that's in this world. So I, I, I'm going to give us a bracha, Yiratzon, that these words, these, these really, really powerful words from the Stone of Rebbe, they sink in, they sink in deeply. If any of you want, remember this is one letter from a few that I have in a booklet. Anyone that wants the, I have it on a PDF, anyone that wants the actual booklet, just tell me, like I'll send it out. It's, it's, Dvarim Chashuvim Beyoter, May, May we have enough guts to beg Hashem to cry as if we're crying for someone to not get killed right now, that we cry just as hard to hold on to the achdus that we feel right now. And that should be the tefillah every single day, Bezat Hashem. All right, good Shabbos, everyone. should be a good Shabbos. Thank you for coming.